there the, the, the need for reminding depending on, on what's at stake. Uh, so if I, I think about it, me not locking up the house, potentially my whole family is in danger, right? Um, could potentially be at risk. I'm so, the higher the stakes, the more reminders can serve as a blessing. Um, there are some in, in our congregation uh, here who work with large uh, machines, whether it's um, in a paper mill or printing, right? There's these large machines, and these large machines work 24 hours a day, right? They're always going, and they're, they need a tremendous amount of, of safety uh, procedures. And if you don't follow the right safety procedures, what, what potentially will happen is that people could, could get hurt. So what do you have if you're in a factory like that? You have a lot of reminders, right? Remind again and again, because if you don't follow the, the safety instructions, there could be a potential danger. The greater the danger, the more beneficial the reminder. Well, what we see here is the Apostle Peter giving a reminder to the church. And the reason why he's giving a reminder is because the danger of, of um, the potential consequences for avoiding Peter's words is eternal punishment in outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. The reason why Peter is writing this letter is because there are false teachers rising in the church who are, 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 are luring people away from the truth. And Peter wants them to have a rich welcome into the kingdom of God. The rich welcome to the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ. So if they don't follow the word, they will not receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ. And they will be cast away from the Lord's presence. This is an incredibly important reminder. So today we're going to look at three things from this verse. Look at each verse in, in tow. Um, one is the reminder of a godly life. Peter reminds the church of a godly life. Right there in verse 12, it says, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. Now, these qualities refer back to verses um, 5 and following. So, just jump back there very, very quickly. Verse 5, For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. If these qualities, so these qualities are spoken about again and again and again in this first section. And he says in verse 9, whoever lacks these qualities is so near so that he's blind, forgotten that he has been cleansed from his former sins. So Peter says, it is, it is my intent that I will always remind you of these qualities. So remind yourself, remember why. Because if you have these qualities and you're pursuing these qualities, the Bible says you will not fail. You will not fall. You will not become apostate. You will not go away from Jesus Christ if you are trying to grow in these qualities and characteristics. Though you know, you know them and are established in the truth that you have. You know, Peter was not going to stop reminding the church to grow in godliness. He wanted them to be effective in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember when we look at this book, to have the right knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's kind of a bookend. It's beginning, uh, chapter 1, verse 2, and chapter 3, verse 18. This idea of having the right knowledge of the Lord, being truly saved. Peter took his call as a, an, an elder and apostle very seriously. 
he knows that if he does not remind the people, they may be in eternal danger. Just think about this. There are false teachers of the church who are luring them away. And if people listen to these false teachers and go astray, they could fall away from Christ. They could not trust in Christ alone for salvation. Peter did not take their position with the Lord for granted. Even though they were established in the truth. It says it right there in verse 12. Though you know them, these qualities, and are established in the truth that you have. You know, one of the things that we do, the reason why you're here on a Sunday night, the reason why those of you here are faithful to come Sunday morning, Sunday night, is because you know that we need to hear the word. God calls us to hear the word, but when we hear the word, we're, we're encouraged, we're reminded of how good God has been to us. I probably will not say anything that you haven't heard tonight. You, you, you have, most of you have been in church for a long time. You have heard many, many things. And sometimes you go to a church service and it's, hey, I already know this. I've already been told this before. And you're going to get told again. Because that's what elder pastors do. Pastors remind their people of living a godly life. We even thought about it on, on Wednesday night. You know, we remember Hymenaeus and Alexander. They were elders of the church. They were the ones leading. And what did they do? They drifted away from the Lord. Hebrews 12.2 says, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Drifting away from the world is a very real possibility. So elders, it's our job to remind the people again and again to live the life that God has called us to live. And sometimes we need to be reminded. Just like I need to be reminded for my wife to do the coffee and to lock up the house. So today, um, my family wasn't here, so normally I always go home and eat with my family. Um, and I, I was planning on not going home because I, I had a counseling session this afternoon, and the counseling session got canceled. This, uh, so I was able to, to go out to lunch. So a couple of the young folks asked me to go out to lunch, and I jumped in their car and took a ride. And, and uh, on the way back from the restaurant, they started playing 90s music. Now, the 90s were kind of like my generation. You know, I was born in 1980, so the 90s were the songs that I know. And they played probably four songs that I probably haven't listened to or even thought of in 10 years. Right? I haven't even thought of these songs in 10 years. And as soon as they come on, what happens? I start singing them. I, just, I, have, I have them down pat in my, in my head. Uh, just listening to the lyrics, I was reminded of those things. Well, one of the things we want to do here is we want to write God's word and God's doctrine upon our hearts. So we want to hear God's word so much that when we hear a word, our, our thoughts don't go to 90s music, but our thoughts go to, to God's word. One of the reasons why we sing so many great hymns of the faith, which we sung tonight, Grace, Grace Greater Than Our Sin. You know, um, you know that song I've used plenty of time in counseling when people think that they are unworthy of God's mercy. And they think that God would never be able to forgive them because of their sin. And I look at them and said, God's grace is greater than our sin. What a powerful line. Christ the solid rock, you know, um, is a beautiful hymn of the faith. Those are the things that we want to, to write upon our hearts. So the more things that we influence and remind ourselves in our daily life, whether that's songs or, or sermons, um, you know, it reminds us that of these deep truths of God. 
that kind of writes them on our hearts. So if you have if you have children, teach your kids great songs. You know, um, we we listen to a, a song in our car all the time. It's the Praise Factory. A lot of the stuff that we're doing, my wife's doing with the kids on Sunday nights. And um, there's a song called "What's the Gospel." And it's kind of a, you know, a tune. What's the gospel? What's the gospel? It's, I'm not going to sing it because I'm singing it now and I should stop. Um, anyway, I, during a morning devotion this past week, I asked John David, um, we're going over Ephesians 1, I go, Johnny, what's the gospel? And Olivia started singing the song, right? It's through faith, through salvation, through faith in Jesus. Well, she's wrote, she wrote that upon her heart. So just the, the songs that my wife has kind of instilled in our kids and, and singing those songs has written these, these truths, these reminders upon, upon their hearts. Those are the thing, great things that we can do. If you have grandchildren, introduce them to those great hymns of the faith. Give them music that will, will remind them of these great things. Pastor elders, like Peter, uh, have been given the, the ministry of reminders. That's what he's doing here. He says his ministry is a ministry of Reminding. It's no trouble to say again and again that there's gospel through salvation in Jesus Christ. And yet gospel is not only something we believe, but it's something that we live. That's why it says if you, I'm, I'm going to remind you of these qualities, faith and, and virtue and knowledge and godliness and self-control. So very, very, very just a simple question. Do, we, do you need reminders? What are the reminders that you need? And who in your life needs reminders? You know, um, you know, parents, you know this, that how many times do you have to tell your kids things? More than once. <laughs> you have to remind them again and again. Well, eventually it kind, of, it kind of sinks in. Well, there's people in our life who may need reminders, you know, who may be struggling right now with, with the faith. How can we remind them, encourage them to walk with the Lord? Well, this is a reminder. Uh, the second one is a reminder of a coming death. A reminder of the coming, a coming death. Look at verse 13. Peter says, I think it right, as long as I am in the body, this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that putting off my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made it clear. Peter was about to die. He didn't know when, but he knew it was going to be soon. Jesus Christ revealed that the time on earth was short. He was going to depart the, the tent of this body. Uh, so in, in the original Greek, there is no um, this body. It really just means this tent. It's kind of this reminder that the, the, the body that we have is a temporary dwelling. Uh, it's a temporary home. We know this earthly body, this earthly tent is going to perish. And we are going to enter into the presence of the Lord in a spiritual state. And we know that one day when Jesus Christ returns, he's going he's to raise our bodies from the ground and we are going to have a spirit and soul together. The, the perishable will put on the imperishable. Um, but I think what Peter reminds the, the church and reminds his own, his own heart is that, listen, our life is short. Life is short. We, we are, our, our life is a, is a vapor. It's here one minute and, and gone the next. Um, one of the great blessings I have as being a member of this church is that because we have so many of you who are, who are older, who've raised children, you can look at young folks like myself and say, time is short. Your kids are going to grow up fast. 
Don't neglect your, your children. Spend, spend time with them, right? Be, be, take the, the most opportunities you possibly can because life is short. That's what Peter's saying here. And listen, when, when you know that life is going to end, you know, if you got a, a doctor's call and you said you only have six months, well, what that does is does this. It zeroes in your focus. It tells you this is what really is important. This is what really matters. Peter knows that, listen, I'm about to die. I'm about to end. So what, is, what does Peter do? He zeroes in on that which is really important. And what does he think is really matters? Look what the text says. I think it right as long as I am in this body. Even though he's only going to be there for a little while, the Lord has made it clear, to do what? To stir you up by the way of reminder. Peter wanted to, to poke and, and prod the church to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when you're, when you're look at outside in a campfire and the, the fire is getting low, what do you do? You, you, you poke it, you prod it, you stir it up to, to get the fire going again. Listen, we all have seasons in our life when the fire that we have for the Lord Jesus Christ starts to fade. We have seasons. It doesn't mean we lose our faith, but we have seasons when we're tired. We have seasons when, when our faith is, is weak. And you know what we need? We need people in our life to poke us, to prod us. That may be an encouraging word. That may be a rebuke. That may be an exhortation. But we need a, a stirring up. That's what Peter challenges. So even this past week, I was, I was meeting with someone, and um, they gave me a challenging word. And the word that was spoken to me made me analyze my ministry, my leadership, uh, my preaching. Um, it stirred me up to really think and consider the deep things of God. Now, when I was sitting across that table and the, the word of challenge was going out to me, did I enjoy it? Of course not. Who enjoys it in the moment? But you know what I do appreciate? I do appreciate the fruit that that conversation will bear in my life. I do appreciate the, the fruit that that conversation has already borne in my life. That conversation stirred me up to consider the deep things of God. Do you know that is your job every single week? When's the last time you woke up on Sunday morning and your thought was, how can I stir up people today to follow the Lord Jesus Christ? Not, hey, how, how can I just get my, 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 myself up and dressed and in the car and go to church? But no, consider, how can I stir up that, that widow who is struggling on Valentine's Day? Because they miss their spouse. That happened to me today. I was, I was convicted sitting at the door and knowing seeing a widow leave, and I, I didn't even consider. I didn't even consider how could I stir them up of encouraging that, that man, knowing that his heart was heavy today on Valentine's Day. I don't know about you. How, how about you? When's the last time you, you, you woke up and you said, I want to stir up God's people to follow him more today? How can I do that specifically and uniquely? Well, that's what our calling is, and Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, God's word says this. 
let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to get to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. I think when we think about that verse, Hebrews 10, we always think about the negative. The, the not forsaking the gathering together of believers, as is the habit of some. That's what we focus on. But listen, that's only one aspect of it. Yeah, we all should be in church. Amen? That's what God's Word says. Every single believer should gather with God's people. I don't think how you can make a case against it. Although some try. I think they're wrong. Dead wrong. But here's the thing. It's not just gathering. It's gathering with a very specific purpose. To consider how to stir one another up to loving good deeds. To encourage one another as the day is drawing near. It's not enough to come to church. We have to stir one another up. That's what Peter's saying here. Listen, Peter said, I'm about to die. The, the, the tent of this body is about to perish. I'm zooming in on my focus, and he says, it is right for me to stir you up by way of reminder. Beloved, it is right for us to stir one another up by way of reminder. One of the things that have encouraged my heart so greatly over the last uh, three and a half years as pastor of this church is seeing so many godly saints continue in their later years of life doing the work of the ministry. You know, there's a lot of people, as they, as they age, they stop serving. They stop investing in others. That happens. But that's really not the case in our, in our congregation. There are many who continue to lay their lives down for others. That's what Peter's doing here. We don't know how old Peter is here, but we know that his life is short. And even though his life is almost over, he doesn't say, well, <laughs> I'm good. He says, you know what? As long as I'm here, as long as there is breath in my body, I want to stir my brothers and sisters up. Why? Because the consequences are that severe. He knows that he is going to be in God's presence. He knows that he is going to, going to close his eyes in death and, and open them in that, in that view of the land, right? He knows that that's where he's going. That's where God is calling him. And he wants others to join him. He wants others to join him. Well, that, lastly, we see this reminder of a lasting legacy. A reminder of a lasting legacy. Look at verse 15. He says, I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. So Peter knows that he's going to be held accountable before God how he cares for the, the, the people that God has entrusted to him. All pastor elders are, right? God says you are going to be held accountable before God how you care for the souls of the people. And I made the same point on Wednesday night. is how you care for one another here is how you are going to be held accountable before God. So the people here in this room are going to be held, account held accountable before God how you stir one another up to loving good works. When we stand before God and God judges us on that great judgment seat, when he, he judges our works, he's going to judge you and hold you accountable how you stir one another up by way of reminder to love and good deeds. Peter did not want the church to die when he was gone. See what the text says? 
I will make every effort so after my departure, speaking about his death, you may be able at any time to recall these things. These things are what he, what he taught, specifically I think the qualities that he already mentioned. Peter was not building the church around himself. He was building the, the, the church around the truth of God's word. Knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this is the, the unsettling thing that I see happening in evangelical churches all across America is that pastors are building the churches around themselves, not around the Word of God, right? Peter knows that he's going to die and the church is going to go on. Uh, Charles Bridges, in his great book, The Christian Ministry, says God buries the worker and the work goes on. You know, unless the Lord comes back, I'm not going to be the last pastor of Park Baptist Church. You're not going to be the last members of Park Baptist Church. God will one day bury us. And yet, the work will go on. Are you preparing for that? Are you preparing for those who are going to come up after us? Do you remember what happened when, when, with Joshua and the elders there? When they didn't prepare for those who came up after them? It said after Joshua and the, and the world, those who served with Joshua died, there grew up a generation who came up after them that did not know the Lord. And then you have a whole, whole, a whole season when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Peter wanted to leave a lasting legacy. So what does he do? It says that I will make every effort. It's the same word that he says in verse 10. It says, therefore, uh, or actually verse 5, for this reason, make every effort. Again, in verse 10, make your, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. Peter does not ask the people to go where he is not himself willing to go. That's what, that's what leaders do. Leaders don't say, do this. They say, follow me. That's what Jesus Christ said to us, right? Jesus Christ said, follow me. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. I'll never forget when I was in college. I worked for the athletic department at my university. And, and uh, the Ivy League championship gymnastics meet was going to be held at the Palestra Gymnasium. So all the, all the gymnastics equipment was in the, the side building. So we had to remove all the gymnastics equipment. The floor, which is full of springs and this giant carpet. The uneven parallel bars. The, the, the vault um, and the balance. And we had to move all of this stuff like through a building, down a set of stairs, through this long hallway, and then we had to set it all up. Now, I, I, I tell you, I know nothing about gymnastics. The Keens are not built for gymnastics. Uh, my son, John David, said, Daddy, I want to do gymnastics. I said, Son, no. <laughs> You're just not built for it, right? We're not built for gymnastics. I know nothing about the sport. And I'm trying to follow a little piece of paper, trying to reset up all this, all this equipment. Uh, me and everyone with me were dripping in sweat, laboring. Uh, we started at 10 o'clock that day, didn't finish till 11 o'clock that night. And it was, you know, usually, what, how, do you, how do you reward college students? You give them pizza, right? So we got um, Papa John's pizza for our effort. And I remember that the entire time we were moving things, the, the gymnastics coach did nothing. He just sat on the side and just watched us. He saw us struggling, but he just didn't care. He was just sitting and chilling. Okay. And then when the pizza came, he took a couple slices. 
I got mad. I got mad. Hey, listen, you're trying to eat the fruit of our labor. You know, at that moment, I, I vow that I will not be a leader like that man. If I lead, I'm willing, I'm going to go and ask the people to follow me, right? I'm not going to be like that man. And that's exactly what Peter did. Peter was called, called the church to make every effort to give themselves to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Make every effort to add to your, to your faith virtue. Make every effort. So what does he say? I will make every effort to remind you to do that. I'm going to give myself for you. I'm going to lay my life down. And all Peter was doing was following the example of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says, says what? He says, I did not come to, to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus is our Savior. He's example. Um, Jesus calls us to be holy. Why? Because he is holy. Jesus calls us to lay down our lives for our brothers because he laid down his life for us. Jesus calls us to live for the glory and honor of the Father because he lived for the glory and honor of the Father. Peter is merely following the example of Jesus. Those of you who, who want to be an elder, want to be a pastor, this is what God is calling us to. God is calling us to expend ourselves not to be served, but to serve. To give our lives for the people of God. Right? To expend ourselves. To wake up early and, and seek God's face in, in prayer. If it means you need to meet with someone at 6 a.m., you meet with someone at 6 a.m. That means you don't go to bed till 12 o'clock because you have to labor in prayer or that's the only time you can counsel a family that's struggling. That's what you do. We, we, we lead by example. You know, we all are forgetful. And we could use a reminder from time to time about the amazing Savior we have in Jesus. I mean, Jesus really is an amazing Savior. One of the, the favorite songs that Wade sings is um, it's just that simple chorus. Jesus, Jesus, there's just something about that name. You know, listen, sometimes when we have that fire that seems to be fading in our lives, we should be reminded about how good God is to us. What we deserve, we deserve punishment and wrath. And God gives us mercy. God gives us mercy by giving us himself, his son's death and resurrection. So, beloved, we need to remind ourselves every day of the gospel. The stakes are too high to neglect it. We not only need to remind ourselves, but we need to remind others every day of the gospel. Because the stakes are too high to neglect it. We need to remind others every day of the gospel so that when you and I are gone and we depart to be with God, that we know that we are leaving a gospel legacy in our wake. God buries the workers and the work goes on. Let us make every effort to stir up one another by way of reminder. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the church. We thank you for the, the, the sweet gift of reminding, reminders. We pray that we would be reminded of how great you have been to us in Christ 
And God, we pray that you would help us remind others to stir one another up by way of reminder uh, to encourage each other to love and good works as the day draws near. Be with your people, God. Remind our hearts of your love. Remind our, our hearts to share it with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. Thank you.